What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined across the power of the internet, Rachel Mogan. Uh, buongiorno. Buongiorno to you as you, to you as you, to you as well. How are you this fine day? You I, can tell it's been a couple weeks since we recorded. <laughs> yeah, actually, it feels like it's been a long time because really I was does. on vacation, so that's why we didn't have an episode. Well, last and I was week. taking off last week for, too because yeah. of my birthday. So, like, yeah, it was like we just it's we morning. we had a lot going on. Yeah. We were mostly sipping margaritas. Spending time in the sun, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. busy, important stuff. Exactly. So. <laughs> and so we're here. We're back, though, to talk about some great games with you here on Team Chat Podcast, a weekly video game show where, like I said, we talk about games, the ones we love, the ones we hate, and everything in between. New episodes come out Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Central Time. And you can listen to those on podcast services around the World Wide Web, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and others. You can also find us on social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can watch a video version of each episode over on our YouTube channel. Links for all that are in the description below. And we also have a Discord server that you can join where we talk about a lot of great stuff outside of games, about games, related to games. It's all there, but we have a lot of great conversations where we're there with everyone. We're not here recording the show. Uh, So you can find that in the description below as well. And finally, uh, this is normally part of the show where I would pitch that you can support us on Patreon, but we are still do, uh, giving 100% of our Patreon proceeds to Black Lives Matter and other uh, similar charities in the continuing fight for racial equity and against police brutality in this country. Uh, and so we are continuing to p- do what we can to donate there. So please, if you have not already, donate to one of those causes. We have the link for Black Lives Matter in our description that you can that you can go to, uh, but we're continuing to donate 100% of our Patreon proceeds for the next couple months. And so if you donate, if you do support us, you can still support us on Patreon. Just know that that's where the money's going for the next few months. Uh, which, And so, uh, but if you can still help make the show bigger and better as well by writing us reviews, telling your friends, sharing us on social media, all that great stuff also helps make the show bigger and better as well. And we thank you and we love each and every one of our listeners, patrons. You're all wonderful to us. Heart heart emojis i'm getting better at doing them My heart heart. now i have to make another one yep there you go yeah, there, we go. there <laughs> you go all right well before we get to the main topic of the day let's get into our moment with mogan for a little bit of news find out what's coming out soon and other updates so there's a little bit too much that came out in early july for me to catch up on at this point so we're just going to pretend like that period in time Fun stuff came happen. out everybody <laughs> just that's all you need to know but as of this episode's air date on july 14th all of the following are out death stranding for pc PC people can finally enjoy uh, Hideo Kojima's wild ride of the game. Uh, Neon Abyss is also out for the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Rocket Arena. Not sure if that's related to Rocket League. It's maybe, not. Maybe it's, not. They showed it at the EA. <laughs> they actually like just announced it at the EA Play event that was a oh, couple okay. weeks ago. It looks not. It looks mad. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyways, Rocket Arena, a game you probably don't want to play for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC, is also out. On July 15th, Ooblets. Uh, I actually know about this indie game because it ran into a little bit of controversy quite some time ago, but that's neither here nor there. Ooblets is now out for Xbox One and PC. On July 16th, you're going to have Beyond a Steel Sky for PC, Mac, oh. and Six. So, wow, that's rare. Also on the 16th, we have Hunting Simulator 2, a completely benign-sounding game. That could be about anything. Hunting what? Probably hunting. Who who knows what? What are they hunting? Man, the most dangerous game. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Radical Rabbit Stew, which is a much more fun-sounding game. (laughs) Radical Rabbit Stew for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. 
Super Hot Mind Control Delete is for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PC, Mac, and Linux, also on July 16th. And then a big one. Ooh, actually, a couple of big ones. I almost forgot about one of these. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima is coming out for PlayStation 4 on July 17th, right alongside Paper Mario, the Origami King for Nintendo Switch. So those are two exclusives, Ghost of Tsushima for PS4 and Paper Mario, the Origami King for Switch. Uh, Jared, I really don't know how I think Sam would take to the paper mario games i, I know i'm i mean like she's very into it i know from what i've showed her but i want to show I her mean, some of the battle stuff mario. yeah she's yeah, very into the it's about. it's the battle battling part where i'm kind of like well we'll see what her uh her her yeah. thoughts on this are because yeah i uh, think that part could be the one thing that kind of deters her from it i am pretty sure that i'm gonna pick that game up sooner rather than later because i haven't played all of the paper marios mm-hmm. but i played the one that i think was for the Wii. A bazillion I, years ago. I don't know which one that maybe. one is. Oh, and whichever one I played, I remember really liking it. I was like, yeah, this is super fun. I'm mm. having a great time. But I haven't played any of them since. So I'm jazzed to see Paper Mario making a comeback for the Switch. Uh, and then bringing us into the beginning of next week, Into the Radius is coming out on July 20th for Rift, Quest, and Vive. Or Viva. I'm not actually sure how they pronounce yeah! it. So that's your little VR uh, little for, little tidbit here. Your little tidbit. <laughs> VR gets the same treatment as like Mac does. Yeah, just like <laughs> a couple drops every page. once in a while. Yeah, yeah. Just some crumbs every now and then. Uh, but yeah, so that's all that's out now and coming soon. Um, and then in other news, uh, we're not going to go into this too deeply because Jared and I don't have all of the details. But it is we we've both done a little bit of research on it, and it's just gross. Um, Ubisoft, Jared, I think you told me, and we both looked, looked well, up on industry, our own. industry-wide, really. Like, yeah. It, yeah. Industry-wide, um, particularly a couple of notable people in Ubisoft, and then, good God, the Super Smash Brothers fighting game community, by and large, are just having a deluge of accusations made against top players, top organizers, uh, just running the gamut of sexist and racist allegations, sexual assault allegations, pedophilia. It's awful. Mm -hmm. So we're not saying that any of it is or is not true. Obviously, all people are innocent until proven guilty. But if you want to educate yourself on what's going on out there, it's pretty terrible. Uh, so yeah. Well, and if anything, it's gr- it's great that you know it's like and none of it's great. I mean, it's what I'm saying is it's great that these people felt brave enough to come forward with their stories because yes, people like I mean, this who are hiding, you know, around and everything and, and have had you know and prey on people and and are abusive, manipulative, racist, sexist, all that stuff. It's just like it's good that the, these are being brought to the forefront and that these people are being shown for their true colors. But Absolutely. it's it is terrible that the their victims did have to go through and suffer through that. And but it's great that they now feel are at a place that they are they are uh, comfortable and strong enough to come forward. And that is yeah. Great. And I mean specifically to for clean the Smash up these to clean up these a, these areas. Yeah, there's a pretty notable Reddit post that really breaks it all down of you know what's being said about whom, who's saying what, and some of it is pretty substantiated. Um, others is you know potentially what a court would see as hearsay but that information is absolutely out there for you to do more research about and good heavens just get them all out of there Mm -hmm. anybody that's proven guilty of the charges that they've been accused of good good lord that it's time to clean up shop Mm -hmm. is what it looks like Mm -hmm. 
Yep. And it's great that that has, that, that that's begun. Yeah. Uh, all right. So that's all the news really quick. I did want to ask you because I forgot about it too, which is randomly weird that this game has kind of had that reaction with a lot of people. I feel like, but what do you feel? What, do you, what are you thinking on ghost of Tsushima? Ghost of Tsushima. Are you, do you think you'll pick it up at some point or is it one that you'll be like, mm, not much, not for me. So here's the thing. Um, ghost of, and I could be completely wrong about this, but my perception of Ghost of Tsushima is that it's going to be kind of along the lines of the same difficulty as that other game that was super popular at the time. And now I can't remember what it's called. Neo Sekiro? Sekiro. Shadows Shadow die, die twice. There we go. Die twice. Uh, I, my I... perception is that it's going to be kind of like Sekiro. And I could be totally wrong about that. And if I'm wrong about it and it's a different cut type of game, cool. I'm more likely to pick it up. But I kind of view it in the same sphere as like the Soulsborns, the mm-hmm. Sekidos. So if that's the kind of experience it's going to be, I'm honestly not interested. I'm here to have a cool, chill, fun time. I don't want to I don't want to learn. I don't want to grow. I don't want to improve. I want to yeah. play Paper Mario and have a cool, jazzy, fun time. There you go. So that's, I, what, that's all you need at some point. I just want to see more of how it actually plays for the average person, for mm-hmm. a normal mm-hmm. person like me, and then I'll make my decision. Because I'm not totally against it. I just don't feel like I honestly know enough about it to yeah. make a judgment call at this time. I'm very into the setting of it and the in the in the world and all that. Like I think getting a a very not uh like I just think that style of game is very cool and a very obviously into big open world you know historically set games. And so I'm very into it in that way, but I don't think I'm going to pick it up day one. Honestly, it's oh, like, God. I'm very curious. I especially really want to play it in the Kurosawa, like black and white cinematic mode of playing the game. Like oh, I want to see yeah. that. That looks really cool to me, but I'm also like, okay, I got last was wrapped up. I think before I need to do some damage on like backlog in my backlog a little bit. Like, I think I want to get, well, for one, I need to finish doom eternal and Ori in the world of Wisps. The, the reason that I haven't finished hey, Ori, those, you I know scumbag. I need to finish them. Uh, so like, I, I'm like, okay, after I finish last of us, I need to clean those, get those finished up, taken care of. And then, you know, I don't know, have a break from a bigger, from a bigger game, but I do want to play it. I think at one point, but I just like, I've, I've, I've thought about this, but I haven't heard what, if what you were thinking about the game. So before we, before we moved on to the other stuff, I just wanted to, to ask you real quick. In, in completely non other news isn't even news. We should probably at some point do an episode, like a team chit chat or something, about Akira Kurosawa. He lived for a bazillion years. Really? He was born in 1910, and he didn't die until 98. Dang. He lived through one of the craziest periods of development that I can think of. Yeah. Like, what, what must his life have been like? I don't know. That's we should crazy. talk about his movies, which are great. Anyways, yeah. I just, I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, we should. That would be a great topic for it. That's crazy. That's insane. That's insane. <laughs> that time isn't real. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. My That's gra- a lie. My great grandma is. She just turned hundred back in September. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> that's not possible. It's like hearing her gr- talk about growing up in the Dust Bowl in Oklahoma. I'm like, what? We live grapes of wrath. Yeah. The Legit. worst book in existence. <laughs> That's a conversation we could have. That's... Required school reading that we hated. Oh, that would be a good one. That actually would probably be a pretty fun one. A we should one. bookmark that. We should. <laughs> bookmark it. Hey! 
there it is. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to the main topic of the day, which we have a couple uh, first impressions slash reviews for you ready ready to come your way. And Mogan's got the first one for us on a on a on a newer game. Yes. So newer is kind of in quotes. True in quotes. It's new to me, but it's not entirely new. So I have the extreme joy of being able to talk to you today about Concrete Genie. So I've been wanting to play this game for a little while because I had heard rumblings about it back when it came out uh, in October of 2019. Mm-hmm. So it's almost a year old now, just about. Uh, but oh I, wow, I didn't know, realize it was that long. I thought it was like February, March. Okay, no. So uh, I take back my newer statement. Then it is almost, <laughs> it almost was, a year old. It was announced at some at some PlayStation showcase or event or whatever. I think as far back as. 2017 mm-hmm. maybe 2016 uh, and then it released in 2019 um it is a i guess you would call it like adventure platformer game uh, and we'll talk more about the gameplay obviously in just a minute but it's developed by pixel opus or pixel opus i'm not sure how they pronounce it uh a developer for playstation 4 so it is currently i think only available for ps4 i don't know that it's on any other platforms at this time which is a shame because it's a, such a good game obviously we're going to get into it more in a second it came out back in like 2019 and i had heard a lot about it at the time but didn't pick it up because it was just sort of like vague rumors and screenshots that i had seen and i was thinking wow that looks like a really fun game but of course tons of games are fun and i was already hemorrhaging money on them so i only just now picked it up when it was on sale a couple of weeks ago for like 12 Blocks or something. Oh, it was a steal. Uh, and I picked it up because one of my uh, good virtual buddies across streams and across the internet and on our Discord, Just Mike Plays, um, he recommended it to me. I don't know if he streamed it, but I know that he finished it and he have streamed it. Um, but he is a streamer. Check him out. He is excellent. Just Mike Plays. Love that dude. Uh, we call him Father Mike pretending that he's like a religious man, which he most <laughs> certainly is not. <laughs> he has he has many children that I am constantly threatening to kidnap from him. So luckily they are separated from me by a large ocean. <laughs> <laughs> That's but it? That's the only thing that's stopping you? <laughs> the only thing that's stopping me? Those plane tickets, they're so expensive. <laughs> and if I'm kidnapping one at a time, it's going to cost me an arm and a leg. He's going to be like, every time Bogan comes to visit, my, one of my kids is gone. One of them just mysteriously disappears. Uh, but check him out just Mike plays he's a wonderful guy you'll love him uh he recommended concrete genie to me and i was like finally a recommendation that i can trust i trust just mike uh so i picked it up i've been playing it and it is a total delight oh um, cool it's one of the most so games can be fun and they can be delightful but they can still have some more serious themes or mm-hmm. occasionally take a darker tone to them. A great example of that would be Wander Song, which I talked about a little yes. while ago. Yes, I remember that one. That game is also a delight, but in a different way, because it did have a very complex story with some really deep themes to it, like some pretty like soul-crushing stuff and like existential universal questions and whatever. Concrete Genie sort of touches on that, but not not to nearly the same extent. So what you're really getting is just a completely creative joy in a way that I've never seen another video game do. Oh, cool. Uh, and the closest example would be Okami, 
because the premise of Concrete Genie is you're this teenage boy, Ash. I would guess that he's probably 14 or 15 or mm-hmm. something. Uh, and Ash lives in a different town now. It's actually not stated where he currently lives, but he used to live in the fishing port village of Denska. Denska is now basically an abandoned wasteland that is overrun by gangs of roaming teenagers. <laughs> the premise is a little ridiculous. Sounds like the lie. true apocalypse. It, it, it sounds like the true apocalypse. So Denska is now run over by gangs of teenagers. All of the buildings are empty. All of the businesses have fled because you learn via newspapers that are left around. And this is really early game stuff. So I don't really consider this to be too spoilery. This is base setup. You learn from newspaper clippings and uh, Ash's own narration that Denska used to be a really vibrant, beautiful port town, but then something happened to the the fishing ecology, like the local waters, and all of the fishing uh, capabilities just totally disappeared. And slowly but surely, Denska started to lose residents, then it started losing businesses and droves, and eventually, once it was mostly empty, these roaming gangs of teenagers started coming out of the woodwork to cause a ruckus. They're always graffitiing up the walls and whatever. And uh, we find Ash looking out over, you know, just one of the piers in Densko, which is, again, totally empty, really beat up and gross looking, you know, just a rusted out empty port village. Uh, and it, one of these gangs, one of these roaming gangs of teens and kids comes upon him. And Ash is an artist. So he's drawing in a sketchbook and his art is really cool and you can like hear him talking to himself and his art as he's drawing and you're like, what a cool, fun guy this is. And then these teens come along and of course they're bullying him because he's creative, because he's an artist and they can't understand him. You know how teens do be Mm -hmm. sometimes. Mm -hmm. I do. Uh, So one of the bullies actually grabs his sketchbook from him. And starts ripping the pages out. And it's like a heartbreaking moment. Because Ash is like, oh my god, you're such a dick. So he's ripping the pages out and just throwing them to the wind. And of course the wind carries some of them off. And then the bullies, like, bully Ash onto an old, what do you call them? Like the sky cars? Like those cable cars? Oh yeah, like a, a, a yeah, 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 yeah. Like we'll a, a, a gondola? Cable. Yes, a gondola. Like at a ski I'm, resort thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. gondola trolley, but that wasn't quite the right word. It's a sky trolley. <laughs> Anyways, they shove him onto an old dilapidated sky trolley. I'm just going to use that word because it's fun now. Uh, and it does, as dilapidated as it is, it does actually work. So they turn it on and they send him off to the lighthouse, which is a ways away. So Ash is sitting on on the trolley and he's really bummed and his sketchbook is all busted out. But he gets off at the other end of the lighthouse and he's like, "Well, sharts." I can't actually. <laughs> That's what he says. <laughs> Fact check me on that. I'm pretty sure he says, well, shards. <laughs> so he gets off the trolley once he gets to the lighthouse, which is kind of up on a cliff and very much removed from the rest of the town. So you really can't walk back. You have to take the trolley or you're F. So he looks up at sort of the trolley's cable connectors, and they're all gummed up with this mysterious black stuff. It's just like weird black, purplish, glowing goo. Mm-hmm which you gather from context clues, has been seen kind of slowly encroaching upon the town in general. So in addition to being abandoned by this point, Denska is also slowly being absorbed by this mysterious black stuff that kind of looks like an oil spill, but it's clearly not. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he's like, well, I got to find a way to fix this. Otherwise, I'm not going to be able to get off of this lighthouse. 
So uh, his parents also don't know that he's there. He, they expressly told him, don't go back to Denska. It's dangerous there. And he was like, but my art, mom and dad. <laughs> so he just kind of goes up to the lighthouse and he's trying to collect back up the pages of his sketchbook, which he finds a few of them laying around. Mm-hmm. So he tries to pick one of them up once he gets off his trolley. But it seems to have suddenly gained a life of its own because it's floating in a way that the wind would not take it. Hmm. So it just kind of shoots away and it shoots off towards the lighthouse. And Ash is like, um, rude for starters, but also weird. So you take Ash and you just walk him up to the lighthouse and it's a wonderfully like creepy abandoned scene. I love these kinds of scenes in games, Mm -hmm. like just old abandoned places and exploration. Very fun. So you get into the lighthouse. Uh, and you realize very quickly that there is definitely magic afoot. Ooh. Because as you kind of traverse into the lighthouse, you get downstairs and you're trying to interact with this page from your sketchbook that has been lost. And all of a sudden, it kind of bursts to life. And it becomes uh, basically a like a piece of wall art, like graffiti on the wall. And one of his, his sketches are mostly creatures that he calls genies. So they're just kind of these wonderfully designed, delightful 2D characters that skitter around on the walls. They look like monsters, but calling them monsters like feels bad because they're so cute and wonderful. So think of them as monsters like like Guillermo del Toro thinks mm, of monsters. Okay, okay. He loves them with all his heart, and they are wonderful creations, and they're not bad ever. Right. That's what genies are like. They're wonderful, delightful monsters. So one of his genies comes to life on the wall and he's like, oh my God, what is happening here? And I think it's his first one called Luna, which during the tutorial stage, um, and this is where I'll kind of get into the mechanics, when you actually come upon Ash drawing a scene of Denska before the bullies get him, you draw literally with your PlayStation controller. So like actually uses this is one of the, i kind of shit on it last week with the last of us too with the guitar right. stuff but it actually does use the um motion sense capability okay so it's like, not just using the thumbsticks it is actually no, using oh okay it doesn't use the thumbsticks at all really to paint basically you just use the gyroscopic capabilities which i always forget that the playstation controller has right they never use it they, they did actually they, they did actually use it again in a. Uh... Last of Us 2. And I remember they did it in Last of Us 1 too, but it's like a very small thing and it's like, why is this even a thing that needs to happen? But you can shake the remote to charge your flashlight back. Oh my god. <laughs> and it happens like once in a blue moon. And I'm always like, why did I need to do this right now? Like, just just make it where the flashlight doesn't die. Come on. If, if that had been on the Wii, it would have made sense. would have yeah. made perfect sense. Everybody just would have went along with it. But it just kills me when games use these random features that PlayStation clearly really didn't have true plans for, except in the case of Concrete Genie, where it is the entire function of the game, makes perfect sense, mm-hmm. love it, A+. Plus. Nice. So you kind of hold down R1 or maybe R2 it is, and that basically enables you to paint. So then you literally point your PlayStation controller at your screen and you move it around in real time. I'm making a ruckus over here. Uh, to paint. So the paint colors are kind of predetermined. You don't really choose what color you're going to be painting in advance. Uh, But that's how you basically paint things to life. Mm -hmm. Because in the lighthouse, Ash comes across a 
giant stylized magical paintbrush which i love it's like the size of him mm-hmm. and that's how he actually goes about traversing the world and creating more of his genies oh, that's cool so through the through the process of kind of ascending this lighthouse you learn the basics of the game which is that if you push r2 and you point your giant paintbrush at a wall the ga- the way that the game is done it is so user friendly and i think it is such a fun way to approach the concept of painting mm-hmm. in video games because it's not exactly free paint per se uh i think there is a free painting mode but this isn't that that's a different thing so when you're actually getting through the game your goal is to a create genies which are kind of found throughout the world as being previously drawn by ash so for example you might find them on walls or on the ground and when you find one of ash's old genie drawings you can paint them to life using the power of the paintbrush once you do so once one of your genies has come to life you then have to basically just make them happy like your whole goal is to make these genies have like a cool fun awesome time (laughs) and that's by painting things that they like so when you pull up your paintbrush the game actually pulls up a small menu in the upper left hand corner or whatever and that menu has a selection of basically pre-made drawings so it'll be things like butterflies Trees, like big pine trees, grass, the stars, something that looks like an aurora borealis, the sun, the moon. It's pretty basic drawing stuff, almost like clip art, but Mm -hmm. it feels like an insult to call it that because that's really not what it is. So once you've got your paintbrush out, you basically select which it is that you want to paint. And then using the motion sense and, of course, the triggers, um, you paint those things on screen in real time. And you can paint them really kind of in any direction that you want. And if you paint things at ground level versus halfway up a wall, they might do different things to fill in that negative space. And it is just so fun. I really can't explain. It sounds so simple, but I get such enjoyment out of it. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, this is so easy. I get to just paint and it's fun and cool and it's not overbearing or overburdening. It's done in such a user friendly Yeah, it doesn't sound like this would be a a game that, except for maybe the beginning portions when he was being bullied, but like this doesn't seem like this is a game that would include any kind of stress. Like it It is. So he tries to add in a a couple of elements of that later on, but it's to such a minor extent, at least as far as I've gotten, that it's totally negligible. So that's the basics of the game: is that paint your genies to life. And then you make your genies happy by interacting with them. And they'll tell you what they want in thought bubbles. Mm. Because, of course, they don't speak human language. They make adorable monster noises. Like the cutest growling sounds. These weird, like, shrieks and stuff. Like monster noises, but so cute. I love the genies with all my heart. And one of the best things about it is that when you're painting a genie to life, you get a separate menu specifically for painting genie features so you get different genie body types different kinds of tails you get different sets of horns different sets of like cool weird appendages and then when you're done creating them to life they just kind of spontaneously sprout arms and legs and then they're wandering around and they're so wonderful one of my best ones that i made was when i was home bro mogan and i were playing this game really late at night because i really wanted him to see it and I had just gained a mustache feature, <gasps> like a big, beautiful, bushy handlebar mustache. Nice. And I was like, all right, Andrew, what, what should this genie have? 
and he picked a combination of like classic pointed kitty ears, a big old mustache, and like a little short round body, <laughs> and it turned and a big bushy tail. So it's kind of not looking like a weird Pikachu. But oh, that's it's hilarious! My, it's my favorite. Yeah, one. send me a I picture of it. I want to see this guy now. Oh, I should. I'll put it in the Discord because he is so cute and wonderful. He's my favorite guy. So I that- just call him Yellow. Yellow. Yeah, that's, they, they don't really have names. But that does bring up an important point. Um, your genies, the reason that you're trying to make them happy by painting things like apples, which they eat. They eat oh, so the you apple. paint it and then they get to eat and interact with the thing that you paint. Exactly. Okay. They don't with all things equally but like if you paint an apple because a genie has requested it it'll like run over to the apple again on the wall all in 2d it'll run over to the apple pick it right off the wall and eat it and you're like oh my god this is the best thing i've ever seen i'm so happy i'm having a great time and my favorite interaction so far and this is a mild spoiler so it's so cute if you don't want to hear it you know tune out it's also a trophy so i got the ability to paint rain so I got rain clouds. And when you paint rain clouds, your genies actually react to the things that you paint. So little yellow, my little favorite guy, my kitty ears mustache dude, mm-hmm. I painted rain and he was like, oh no. And he like covered his head and he was like trying to scamper away from the rain. So he actually left. Your genies can traverse on any connected walls. Mm. So any buildings that are next to each other, any wall that continues along any course, you know, either in a circle or over, you know, different gaps, as long as they're connected by a bridge or some sort of wall, your genies can go wherever they want. So he ran away, like he ran around the corner of a wall, and I was like, oh, I guess he's done like the rain, but I was still painting. But then he comes back because he picked out of the ground. I had drawn earlier like a leaf that had one of those big kind of elephant leaves. Mm-hmm picked one of those and was using it as a little umbrella. Aww. And it was like the best thing I've ever seen in a game. I was having such a good time. <laughs> so how long had it been since you uh, painted the elephant ear? So it had been, so once you paint anything on a wall, it stays there forever. Okay. So you can actually go back and edit any of your drawings, which is wonderful. So basically by taking back out your paintbrush and kind of hovering your cursor Mm -hmm. over any element of a painting that you don't like, you can hit L2 and that just deletes it. So you can edit and change your drawings at any time. You can completely get rid of them. You can make a drawing to meet the needs of a challenge. And then once that challenge is met, you can go back and do whatever you want. Yeah. Freedom of painting is wonderfully done. Uh, you can just you can do anything to your heart's desire, and then undo it and do it all over again. And any wall is fair game. All of the walls in the game, even ones that aren't necessary to a challenge, you can still paint on them. Which I get so much fun just out of that component. Mm-hmm. I've derped around for so long, being like, I missed that wall and that wall, and I got to paint on that wall. I got to make sure this town is so super pretty. So that's what I'm doing with my time. Uh, But once you paint anything, it stays there forever unless you come back and change. Okay. Uh, Your genies, even if you leave an area, they're still there. They're still there having a fun time, just doing their own thing. Uh, And then if you come back later to them, they might have new requests. And you do want to fulfill their requests because when when your genies are happy, their happiness creates magic that Mm. fills your brush with super paint. And super paint is a big deal because it gets rid of 
the mysterious black goo that I talked about earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So kind of as you're traversing Denska and you're unlocking more areas of the game by painting them back to life in real time, like you're literally bringing the town back to life and you're making it beautiful again. Uh, as you do that and you get more super paint, you are literally dispelling this like mysterious black goo that's choking the life out of the town. So I haven't yet gotten to anywhere that kind of explains what exactly the black goo is. I've got some ideas, but mm-hmm. obviously that's a bit of a spoiler for later. So uh, we'll leave that as a mystery for now. Okay. But that's the goal. The goal is to paint the town back to life by creating genies, making them happy with your paintings. Their happiness gives you super magic paint. You dispel the darkness. Very nice. Uh, the kind of one foil to all of this, and that's big air quotes, is that the bullies, these gangs of bullies, are still roaming around and they obviously hate Ash. So anytime you see the bullies, they're usually blocking your path in some way. And obviously you can't just charge in there and fight them. Ash doesn't fight. He's an artist. Uses his brush. He uses his, he's, he's a pacifist. He uses the power of art and understanding to make his point. So what you basically have to do is use a combination of platforming, which the game has done a really good job of because Denska has a lot of verticality. Mm -hmm. This is not a flat town. You can climb on pretty much any roof that you can reach. There are ladders everywhere. You can get some killer height in that game. And then, for example, you know how like telephone poles will often go between houses in older towns? Mm You can jump up on those with your brush and like zip line down. Oh, that's so cool. It's got some really fun platforming elements to it as well. And what you do when you encounter the bullies is you basically navigate to somewhere where they are not. And then you use, I think it's the right D-pad or something to shout. And Ash will like taunt the bullies. He'll be like, you guys suck, nan-na-boo-boo. And <laughs> over there. And they'll try to run and come get you. And then as they're doing that, you're obviously, you know, parkouring your way over the rooftops to right. wherever they previously were. So that's the one thing that the game has kind of created to act as a sense of stress, I guess. But they are such a non-issue that it's not even worth your time. You're basically just temporarily distracting them to go to wherever they were to do your thing, and then you've achieved the puzzle or solved the challenge or whatever, and you move on to the next area. So there's not so, combat as much as it is just puzzle solving to get around situations. There's really there's no combat. There are puzzles because some of the genies actually do have tasks that they're meant to do. Currently, I've only unlocked two colors of genies, uh, red and yellow. Mm-hmm. And as their coloring would indicate, the red ones can actually burn things in real life. Okay. So if you, for example, scooted a box close enough to a wall that a red genie could use its fire breath to light that box on fire, it would burn to the ground. And you're like, thank you, genie. Love you. Very good job. Uh, and similarly with the yellow genies, they mostly do electric stuff. Mm. So if you have, you know, an electrical box to a gate that is broken and you need to get electricity to it, obviously you want to call the genie over to that area. So that's part of puzzling is how do I get my genies from point A to point B to be able to accomplish the task that I know they need to do? So that's kind of how the game weaves its way into each other. It weaves each area into the next. And it's just done in a really intuitive way. 
There was one puzzle that I was stuck on for a really long time, but I realized after quite a while that it was just because I had missed something stupid. And I was like, oh, never mind. That was just my fault. Don't you hate when so, that happens? I yeah, hate when you, that happens. And that's like what seems to happen it. to me all the time when I get stuck on something is because I've missed yeah. something or just overlooked something. And I always feel like such an idiot. <laughs> yeah. So that's the premise of the game. It is so much fun. It is also notably the one and only game, Jarrett, you're going to love this. Okay. This is the only game that I actually want to play in VR. Oh. Because this game has a separate mode that is specifically for a VR experience. Oh, that's and cool. And I, can't, I can't imagine a better application for that. Why haven't more VR games done this? Of like being about painting and things that are fun and creative that aren't just fight the zombies in VR. I don't want to do that. I want to paint. Let me be an artist. Well, I know that I'm pretty sure that Dreams game has a VR. Yeah. And I wonder yeah, how that one would, right. would be in VR too. It sounds like it, it could be a I mean, I know Dreams is more in-depth in what it, you can create and build or in well, yeah, just create in that game than Concrete Genie is, but still though, I wonder if they would have a similar feel. Yeah. Maybe. Probably. Uh, but the point is, it's such a delight that I actually would want to experience this in VR. Um, and Let's it's get you won, that headset. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's won maybe a few awards, but it was nominated for a ton of them. Um, I think that it was nominated for... Actually, I think it was nominated for some category at the South by Southwest Gaming Awards uh, oh, okay. just this past year for 2020 because of the cycle. So the point is, Concrete Genie is wonderful. Uh, it's so non-problematic i guess that's the word i'm looking for there's really nothing about it that can bring you down mm -hmm. you just create fun stuff you get to play with your genies some of them want you to like play basketball with them oh, and that's they'll be fun. like hey throw me that basketball and you're like oh my god this is so much fun i'm having Man, a great time i need to tell sam about this one i honestly think she would like it she might really like it. Uh, so you collect more art by finding more of your sketchbook pages. I probably should have said that way sooner, but I forgot. So it's just a wonderful time. Birdie. Birdie's in Hold here. On. Hello, bird. She was so Dog excited about the. She, she was so excited about the prospect of art. She's yeah, an artiste. She is. She, she could paint with that long tail. Oh, for yeah. Definitely. Could. Yeah. So I've probably <laughs> rambled on too much about it already, but Concrete Genie. A plus plus game. Ten out of ten would recommend. For the love of God, go play it. Uh, it's not an expensive game, even when it is full price. So if you have a PlayStation Four, I'm begging you to play Concrete Genie. Wonderful game. Nice. That is not. I. I mean, I'd heard only like I said. I think before we started recording, I'd only heard little bits about what this game was and everything. Little bits and pieces here and there. So I was really excited when you said that you were what you were playing it and wanted to talk about it on the show. Because uh, yeah, that sounds. It's a lot different than what I was expecting. I knew you had to paint, and I, but I just thought it was just like I don't know. I didn't realize you were actually like bringing in genies and there were like these magic, these like magical element to it. I thought it was more like you were doing just like some like fun, creative painting game. I don't know what I was necessarily expecting it to be. <laughs> that definitely is what you're doing, but in a much more in a much directed more, way. Yeah. I think I, I think I didn't understand the context and what you were doing. And so that sounds, it sounds pretty fun. I, I do think that the game is pretty short. Um, I have heard that it's anywhere from 
five to six hours long. I've already put like 10 hours. I was going to say, like, you you haven't beat it then at this point? (laughs) No, I'm having so much fun doing random non-essential painting that it's going to take me way longer. Yeah. So uh, it's not a full price game. It's wonderful. Please play Concrete Genie. So much fun. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll have to give that one a shot and for sure or for sure tell Sam about it because that definitely seems like something that would be right up her alley. Yeah, at least show her the trailer. I bet she'll really like it. Yeah, for sure. Definitely need to do that. Well, uh, so the game that I was bringing to talk about today is is a uh, so we got a break. We got a new one. And technically, I guess this is n- new in the sense that it is a, a, a I guess I don't even I guess it would just I don't even know if it would be called a, a remake or a remaster necessarily, but it's us of an old game, Star Wars Episode One Racer. So anybody who uh, played this originally when it came out, it, which was 1999, like 2000, like it's it's been out for a while, came out on the N64, uh, PC, Mac even had it for a little bit and stuff like that. Game Boy Color, lots of different platforms back in the day. But now why it's back into the limelight is because. There has been a new version for the Switch and PS4 that have been released as of late June, uh, June 23rd, June 23rd. It came out, uh, 2020, it came back out on the Switch and PS4. And I was super excited about it. This is one that I did play on. I actually didn't play it on the N64 growing up. I played it on my buddy Spencer. I played it on his computer over at his house. Uh, and I thought I had honestly done more of the game than I had when I picked it up, but now that I've been playing through it again and I'm almost finished with all the different race with all the circuits and everything, I probably have like, I'm like I'm looking at the list less than 10 track races to go through before I beat the game uh, because it's broken up and there's like a practice circuit where you run the, and then there are uh, four, there's the amateur pod racing circuit the semi-pro pod racing circuit, galactic pod racing circuit, and the invitational pod racing circuit. The original, the first three circuits have seven races each, and then the last one only has four. Um, But what's really cool, and so the whole thing about this is that you are playing as a pod race pilot from Star Wars Episode One. You know, the the big, huge pod racing scene and everything that blew me as a a nine-year-old, like blew me away. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. But so because of that, seen even as a kid i had a ton of attachment to this game because i love playing playing as all the different pilots you can be actually like 25 different pilots from those from the star that are actually in either episode one or in expanded universes and stuff like that so it begins and you have only a selected list of the pilots available to you so you only have and this is the same for the old one and for the old game and this game but so you can only start with anakin skywalker dud bolt ebby endicott elon mock gascano and odie mandrell so i'm not going to go like super into all the who all these people are and everything like that but basically as you go through and complete all the different races you unlock all the different pilots as you go so that gives you a fun little thing to shoot for as you're going through and beating these times uh, beating these tracks you also if you rank higher like you usually always have to be fourth place or higher to progress into the to the next race in the in the circuits but depending on how much what place you position you place you win money that you can then go into Watto's shop and upgrade your pod racer buy replacement parts get some things that'll that'll help your your uh your specs because you know you have stats on your acceleration your turning your cooling air brake all this different stuff and you can buy components to be able to make those better and to give you better stats on all those things 
And so you go through. And so, I mean, that's basically it. It's a racer. You, you know what you're getting with a, with a racing game. The, what makes it and sets it so much apart, though, is that it is such a different thing. You're not racing cars. You're racing these pod racers. So you're going like several hundred miles an hour, like, you know, 800 plus miles an hour at, po- at points because you can get these boosts and, you know, and going through it. Uh, I will say it is such a different experience playing it on a switch and with thumbsticks and stuff like that, rather than playing it on a PC where it was keyboard mouse, it kind of feels more natural of a way to play the game rather than on a PC from what I had before. Uh, but I can't tell you just how much fun, even though I will say too, it's a fairly simple game there. I've gotten this far and like I'm in the final circuit before the, championship circuit basically and i still with the with the exception of maybe one or two races i have finished first every time and they do get harder like the the tracks get harder as you go through the circuits not only but what's interesting is because you know they have to work with the limitations of the time it's not like each each of the circuits take place on the same planets on the same tracks but they do them in different ways they like either expand a small area so you'll go farther so like expand this one track for the second circuit than the first and or you'll do it in reverse on one of the other circuits oh, and stuff like that. So they they are really inventive with taking what they have and then cha- and then presenting enough change. Uh, sorry, enough change where they feel similar to you. They feel familiar, but they're still new. And then you feel like you can't just blaze through it. So like the first pass, I'm still going to be taking it kind of slower than normal to figure out where the tight turns are and all this different stuff. But once you get past that. And you figure it out, you know, you're able to go and you can start figuring out where you can hit the boost, where you can take those tight corners to really maximize the speed. So, yeah, I feel like I haven't really struggled that much difficulty wise. I did once I unlocked the first because you can unlock the invitational circuit after you complete the first training circuit. You can go you could skip ahead to any of them. And I did try it and I was like and within as soon as it said it said go, I was in 12th place. And I know that that's going to be incredibly difficult because they do your your playing against the toughest AI pilots and all this stuff. So it's going to be a a lot harder time there. I know, but for now I am surprised with the ease in which I'm able to progress through it. Is it, is it kind of like Mario Kart where you have items and stuff? Like how can you get ahead if you fall behind? uh, It's purely by like increase through upgrading your vehicle or just figuring out how to be a better driver honestly, oh, okay. because it is like t- figuring out how to take turns faster because I mean, there are some turns you're going 800 miles an hour and then have to like slam on the brakes and turn and take it really quick. Cause it's like a hairpin turn. So figuring out how to take those turns better because you can, um, and there are, there are like environmental hazards and everything too. Like there's this one part on this one map on this one track where you're going, uh, anti-gravity. And so you're just kind of like flying through this, these like anti-gravity tubes, but there are big asteroids and like rocks flying through it too. So you've got to dodge those, but obviously your controls don't respond the same way because you're in anti-gravity and not like on the actual ground itself. So there's a lot of that stuff going on. Um, There are even areas too, like have doorways where it'll be a horizontal opening. And then as you like come up to it, it rotates to a vertical opening. So then you have to use your right thumbstick to roll your pot, your pod racer either to the left or right. So you're actually totally up on the side, which I always loved that feature from, uh, from when I first played the game that you could turn your pocket, your pod racer on that side and go through really thin. You lose a lot of your directional turning. So you have to be really, you have to know the right places to do it, but it's still, when you pull it off, even though now at this point I'm doing it very easily. And like when I get those, but it's still so cool just being like going full blast and going like in, 
rolling through. What was, what was that sound again? <laughs> it's like going fast, real fast. You're flying by top speeds and just turning up on the side and like going through a small gap. It's so rewarding and fun. And then not to mention too, doing this high speed racing and everything with the Star Wars soundtrack blasting in your ears. It just makes for such an epic time and epic feel to these that I don't get in other racers, I will say. Um, but the things about this too, that make it so fun other than having the upgrades and all this different stuff that you can go through is that there is a lot of stuff you do have to take into effect take into account while you're racing. Like I said, there are already the environmental hazards that you have, but what those can do is over time, they can damage your pod racer engines. And so you might have to, if you, you, you have a little, uh, display, on the bottom left-hand side of your screen that shows your engines. And if they start discoloring because you've hit the side, you've hit another racer or something like that, they'll slowly start changing from green to red. And so at one point in the race, if you haven't crashed and exploded, you'll have to actually repair your pod, your pod racer by, uh, holding down on switch. At least it's R one. And so that slows your speed and you repair your engines. And so you can buy like, pit droids and everything like that in your oh, in the I thing see. to make that time shorter when you're having to do these repairs. Uh, when you use your boost, you can't just use your boost all willy-nilly. If you use it for too long, it overheats your engines and you have to like oh. hit your air brake or slow down to let your engines cool off totally where you can use your boost more effectively. So it's a lot of like balancing these things, knowing like, okay, there's a big turn coming up, but it is also straight away. So I could still use a boost a little bit here, but then I have to know how to t- come into this turn so that I won't slam into the wall. And yeah. so, because yeah, you can, you could in theory destroy other racers by like hitting your boost and making them blow up. But there's a good chance that that's going to also happen to you. So you don't want to do that either. And then if you blow up, you have just a brief reset period. Like if you fall off in Mario Kart or something like that, where you get reset back on the track and you go again. But I did always love the crash animation because if you did just like straight up run into a wall you're you're, you just disappear and blow up and it's all very a 19 uh not 19 well it is 1999 i guess but a n64 explosion where it's just like a little like a very like little like flank very polygonal flame emits from where you were um and so that, but what you could do too, if you're like, you're taking a tight corner and you hit only one of your engines, only one engine will explode and you'll just like fly forward spinning as you're, as you're out of control and everything until your other engine finally explodes and you die. So I'm just like, I'm going to get a few more feet before I go <laughs> and get ahead a little bit more. Um, but no, it's, it's been super fun to go back to this older game. Uh, Aspire did a really great job with the with the port to the switch in the N64. Cause I wouldn't even, I would not really say that this is a remake or a remaster anyways. Like, yes, it's redone and to where it can play on current gen systems, but I mean, they did not do anything to make the graphical quality any better. Like it's, it is just an N64 game that you're playing it on the switch in the, in the PS4, but it's been, uh, it's been super fast going, uh, super fun going through getting all the fun characters. I've been playing as team Topagalese. That's the guy I've, I've played with again. Team Toe Pagalese. He's Team Toe Pagalese. Yeah. So he was the guy that I always raced with as a, uh, yeah. Google, give him a Google real quick so you can see his pod racer. How the heck do you spell that? Okay. Team Toe. T-E-E. Oh, of course. M-T-O. Okay. Pagalese. P-A-G-A-L-I-E-S. But so his podcraft was always so cool because he had like a fully enclosed uh, pod that he would sit in like the circular pod. It was kind of like a monobike. Like, have you seen those things where like the, the, the rider sits in the wheel kind of thing? 
yeah, yeah, I'm looking at it now. Oh, yeah. he is ugly. Yeah, he's not the but greatest looking vehicle, guy, but his vehicle is awesome. Cool. And now yeah. I've, I've got it super upgraded to where it really, really can like, I, I'm going pretty fast and I can take some oh, sweet God. turns. But Jared I, is hideous. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> Why you know, would you show me this? Because he's a great racer. And so I love being Team Topagalese. But yeah, it's been great. I did run a couple small bugs here and there. Like, well, one that I did run into that was pretty big on the, um, I think it was the Vengeance map. I like the sound of that. Yeah, the in the first in the first amateur pod racing circuit on the course that you would do on called, called Vengeance during the anti-grav. Yeah, the 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 anti-gravity uh, area there was the last asteroid. If you hit it and it blew you up, it would reset you. But the start, the place where you would take control of your pod racer again was like right where that asteroid was. So it would hang you up on it. So you could never actually restart. You'd have to restart the race. So they've already, they've already like patched that out and everything like that. But still it was, that was the first, when I first discovered that I was a little lame to have to work, you know, just be mindful of, because obviously if you're racing right and you don't crash, then it's not a problem. But, I was still crashing a lot at that point. Oh, you should be crashing first place. <laughs> I know. But uh, but no, so Racer was just a great time, a great blast from the past. I've loved having it. They did add in, though, I will say they did add in uh, local multiplayer, which is great to, to be able to do that. So you can have do that on the PS4 and Switch. I thought at first, and I will say I was very bummed, I misread that first to be online. So I was super excited that I was going to be able to play it like Michael, my brother-in-law got it and stuff like that. We were super excited to get to play with each other. And then it was, we were like, Oh, it's only local. Oh, that is kind of a bummer, but that's my fault for misreading it, but it's been a super fun time. I've loved getting back into it. I'm, I I really do want to go back. Cause like I've been racing this whole save file. I've been doing as team Topagalese. So like I want to eventually after in this game, when I unlock Sebulba and some other big characters like that, I want to go back through, try to get there, you know, race everything as them. It has just a ton of replayability. So that's what I'm is super fun about it. Like most racing games do, but because you have 23 characters to go through to potentially pilot and upgrade up their ships and everything like that, it's, it's a good time. So I can't say enough good things. If you've been a fan and were a fan of the game, when it was originally released back in 1999, uh, pick up Star Wars Racer again. It's 50, it was 15 bucks, brand you know, brand new on Switch, uh, on PS4 and all that stuff. Limited Run Games actually just did. It's probably over by now, but you could buy a physical version of the new Switch and PS4 releases. But if you were a fan of the game before and want to get back to some just solid pod ra- pod racing and just racing in general, buy a Star Wars Episode One Racer. It's a great time. Nice. But uh, but yeah, that pretty much concludes this episode for everybody. We did want to do a soundtrack spotlight before we go, which Mogan has prepared for with a track from Concrete Genie. Yes, indeed. Uh, okay, so we are going to do... So for starters, the Concrete Genie soundtrack is by Sam Marshall, composer Sam Marshall. Uh, and we are going to feature the track My Best One Yet. Ooh, that's fun. All right, so My Best One Yet by Sam Marshall from Concrete Concrete Genie is the soundtrack spotlight for this week. But thanks for listening to this episode of Team Chat Podcast. Let us know if you have played either Concrete Genie or Episode 1 Racer, and let us know your thoughts. Send us an email at teamchatpodcast at gmail.com. Comment on any of the, you know, YouTube, Google, or YouTube, any place you listen to the podcast, social media, all that stuff, or join our Discord, talk about the games with us there. We'd love to hear from you. So uh, do that. Give us your thoughts. We love recommendations. 
recommendations. Oh yeah, good recommendations too. We always no guarantee that we will actually play them. But if it's a cheap game, it's much <laughs> more. Because we're on a budget. <laughs> we are gamers on a budget. We do what we can. Uh, but yeah, so let us know. We'd love to talk about some games with you all. But thanks for listening and hanging out with us for this week's episode of Team Chat Podcast. Until next time, I'm one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined by Rachel Mogan. Adios. We'll see you all next time. Stick around for the song. Mm-hmm.